Welcome to the Arrestor Mimics podcast with your host Ben Talon. Hello and welcome to Arrest All Mimics. My name is Ben Talon. I am your host. This is the Original Thinking and Creative Innovation Podcast. We're all about illustration, design, graphic design, graffiti, making a mess of your studio, everything creative. How is everyone doing? I hope you're all good. It's been a chaotic week, my end. I feel like I've said that now for the last few shows. Um, the weather, of course, is 1,200 pixels wide and... Filmmakers are rendering frustrations. Weather time, yeah. We do the weather report here in a different way on Arrest Almanacs, like most things. I hope everyone's good. I hope everyone's feeling inspired. And if you're not, I hope you're all taking a rest. Uh, exciting stuff coming up. We're coming to well, it's the end of summer, isn't it? It's getting dark. It makes me sad. Uh, I come home and it's starting to get dusk at like half seven. And um, uh Winter nights, winter mornings, getting out of bed, 6am, eyes glued shut. Anyway, (laughs) it's all good stuff, it's all good fun. Today I'm going to be talking to the wonderful designers block. Um, We'll get onto that shortly. Um, Today's show, of course, episode 38, is sponsored by founding sponsor, Illustration Limited. Check them out, illustrationweb.com. Last week's explosive, awesome guest, misled, coming back for a second time, um, has been absolutely snaffled up by you guys. Um, God, the players are going through the roof. She's been in demand, busy girl, popular, awesome artist, good friend. Um, So thanks to Joe for taking the time to help me promote the show. Go and check her out. If not, you're a stupid idiot. I'm sorry, but you are. Um, awesome episodes. She's so full of advice and inspiring stuff. She's a worker, she's a grafter, um, and she applies it well. She works smart and she works hard, and she's an example to all of us. Misled, of course, I keep saying it, but she spent eight years out of the game without picking up so much as a pencil, and then she came to take the mantle, and now she's right up there at the top of the industry with everyone else, sorry, with anyone else that you can care to name. Certainly in the illustration business, her awesome tutorial Tutorials are about to launch, video tutorials, fashion illustration, expertise. Go and check that out. She's awesome. Misled.co.uk. Um, thanks again to her for doing that. Uh, but of course, represented by Illustration Limited, my founding sponsor. So go and check out their portfolios. Going to have loads of my own new work to upload there very, very soon, along with a brand new website, hence the 1200 pixels wide weather in the studio this week. Oh sizing images, sizing thumbnails, getting stuff right to go with HTML coding, ringing up my developer asking him why I can't do this or how I can do that, why is that blurred, why is that to the left, Jesus, <laughs> it really gets on your nerves, it's uh, it's exciting because the new website's looking really strong and I feel like it's finally showing off what I do to its maximum potential, so I'll let you know when that's up, um, also coming up soon is uh, my talk at London Design Festival. Two talks, in fact, at London Design Festival. Um, the first one is Sunday the 18th of September at 1pm down at the Oxo Tower with Designers Block. Um, I'm talking about play, while we should never give up doing our own personal projects, no matter how silly, how quirky or how individual and how that brings about dream clients. So I'm going to be telling my stories of that, how I got WWE and how that string of events led to Channel 4, all these clients that I never really anticipated, but it was the quirkier, weird stuff that took me there. 
So I'm going to be talking about that. And then on Friday, the 23rd of September at the VNA, starts from half five. I'm doing two separate talks there, 15 minutes each. So come down. Um, I believe both are three for free. I know, I know the Sunday one is the 18th. I need to double check on the Arts Thread one, but I'm pretty sure they're both uh, free. And they're both in awesome venues. Oxo Tower and VNA. Come on, get down. Come and say hello. Come and listen to what I've got to say. Because you're not already doing that. <laughs> so uh, back on with the sponsor so thanks to Illustration Limited heartinternet.co.uk everything you need pixel, web hosting all that stuff all that good stuff giving you a tip every week to help your own presence um, today's guest designers block um, they're a weird little organisation in the most complimentary way they're awesome people and they're so talented and it's a very organic existence that they've brought about over the years um, we'll get onto that shortly but Rory and Bud have been so friendly and so good to me since I met them and um, they you know gave me an hour and a half of their time they made me coffee around the awesome studio in Hoxton uh, we talked for ages but they're they're those guys that people know you know what I mean it's like Miss Led last week for example I told her she was back on the show it was through me interviewing Miss Led the first time that uh, I made a connection with Bud because they've worked with Misled in the past and then they were excited to hear about the podcast and check it out. And that led to us doing the podcast because I wanted to find out what they were about and bring that to you guys. But I talked to Misled and she went, oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, designers block, yeah, they've helped me out loads, we've done stuff together, she's done a small mural a few years back, Alice in Wonderland themed at their studio. So it just goes to show that the way they use social media is effective, but it's built on those first time relationships you know we um and that's not the app i mean actual face to face time in the real world uh, and they're able, they're just really good at that they really care for people and they've really helped to to launch people's careers to support them along the way and do some beautiful projects so it just goes to show that they've achieved that balance of yeah they, they do the social thing but it's all built on them being designers block and being at places and helping people and doing inspiring stuff uh, therefore every tweet makes you know makes a big difference every facebook post goes a bit further because people know the guys behind the identity so follow that lead and that's courtesy of heart internet heartinternet.co.uk and last but not least, printed.com, who um, I'm delighted to announce, I think I told you this last week, but we're, we're launching up a new regular column with those guys giving you freelance advice. Uh, same writing as always, it's my first person experiences, I'm going to be sharing that through printed.com, who are doing a lot of great work to support the creative industries. Um, and I'm going to go a little bit off piece, I usually talk about something to do with my guest, but actually this week I, I came in the studio and there's a, a lovely lass who who rents the studio a few doors up, and I can't think how to pronounce her surname, and I don't actually know, so she'll probably kill me if I get it wrong, but there you go. It's Claire Dudney, and uh, she's a brilliant artist. She's not long graduated, but she's doing a series of group shows at the moment around London, and um, she was asking me if I had any recommendations for uh, a sort of concertina-style fold-out brochure. Uh, and of course I recommended printed.com and I, I, thought, I thought I'd better check first actually to see um, see if that's the case so Claire got the recommendation and I believe she's been uh, working with those guys now to make that happen for her show um, and they do a whole range of fold out brochures and newsletters and that kind of thing and 
They've got like a tear-proof option. They've got over 12 paper stocks. Um, really nice options for anything a little different to do sort of fold-out brushes and promotional materials. So go and check that out. They do so many different stuff. Um, overall, it's over 90 different products, awesome different finishes. You can choose that, and it's all really customizable on the website, really user-friendly. And even if you are struggling, um, I always recommend checking out the little chat box to get on with the staff. They've always been really, really good to me, and it's one of the reasons I wanted to get them on board is because we had a little error with one of the couriers um, which was totally neither of our faults but it meant it was a day late on delivery and those guys really went out of their way to make sure that I was happy you know they compensated me and and they really made sure that I was happy by the end of it which I really really was so I've recommended them ever since so there you go printed.com doing their bits about creative industries and arrest all mimics the show's just had a real big boost because we transfer got in touch um, and Rob Alderson, one of their, uh, I think he's the marketing director, I forget his exact role, but I worked with Rob uh, in a previous role and he's now on board with WeTransfer and they chose Arrest Mix to go in the inaugural edition of Rob's podcast pack, which is basically Rob Alderson curating three different podcasts each month to recommend and having them downloadable from the WeTransfer homepage. So we got the results through at the end of the month and I was blown away. Um, Ten and a half thousand people downloaded the pack with um and actually it was uh, this one had rod rod hunt's episode that was the one they chose so go back and check that out it's an absolute illustration industry masterclass from rod who's been in the game 20 years but ten and a half thousand people downloaded that show which takes us up to nigh on twenty five thousand listens so thanks so much to anyone who's done that who's checked out the show who's spoken and uh, you know told good things about the show uh, even if you've had a rant and you don't like the show, that's cool because our publicity is good publicity to a degree. So, thanks ever so much. Huge numbers, nearly twenty five k. I can't believe it. We've only been going a year, We're about to hit one year anniversary for the show. Uh, absolutely made up with that. So keep it going. Keep recommending us at Arrest on the Mix on the Twitter. Um, that's the primary channel now. I share things on Instagram, on Facebook, but through my own personal accounts. So do that. Hit us up at Ben Talon at Arrest on the Mix or hello at bentalon if you want to email me. All good stuff. Bentalon.com is going to be launching soon. It's been offline for a while, so there you go. That's enough about me. Uh, so back onto it. Designers Block. It's hard to describe exactly what they do, but they're, they're specialists in working in unconventional exhibition spaces and putting on live events, um, artist events. They work with makers, product makers, furniture makers, graphic designers, illustrators. They're a real broad canvas of an, of an organisation. Go and check out the website. You've got all the information on there, but they're going to take us through that whole amazing story. Um, Go check them out the website, verydesignersblock.com, where you can see all the information, including the stuff on the talks they're doing that I mentioned. I'm going to be speaking there um, very soon, 18th, Sunday the 18th, come down. Uh, but they're awesome, and they work in this crazy studio space in Hoxton that feels very derelict from the outside. And I got there, and I wasn't sure which door to go to. So the guys let me in, and uh, I met them a few times by now, so it was all cool. We had a coffee and we caught up. We talked about the amazing Painted Oceans project that they're going to be doing very, very soon. A lot of red tapes to get through, but it's a real special, historically significant project involving Shepherd Ferry. It's run by Tristan Eaton. It's also got Futura 2000, um, Howe and Nozum on board, and the, uh, the London Police. <laughs> yeah, jeez, the London Police. Uh, basically, there's this group of awesome artists going out to see 
to paint on the red sand sea forts. So go and do your historical homework if you don't know what that is and the significance with um, with the war. Really, really uh, mind-blowing project, hugely ambitious. Uh, they're going to tell us all about that today. They're going to tell us about the origins of the company um, and why they do what they do, how it all began in the late 90s down Brick Lane, down at the old Truman Brewery before it was as we know it now. They had played a huge role in that. Rory's going to tell us all about that. So, you know, they go about showcasing emerging and establishing designers events of around 3,000 square metres. They've had over 60 events in 10 countries featuring over 2,500 individuals and companies from over 30 nationalities, approximately 40% UK-based. So they work, like I said, they work across the board, product design, furniture, lighting, concept design, graphics and illustration, architecture and fashion installations, interactive workshops, talks and seminars, structures, music and performance. Digest that with a cup of tea. And you've got a sense of what they're all about. So, like I said, they work with the Old Truman Brewery, uh, Old Truman Brewery, <laughs> Tea Building, Familiar uh, Familiar Building. Jeez, I'm struggling here. Saint Pancras Chambers, producer of the main event. Sorry, I'm on the website in case you can't guess. Reading out all this stuff, but they're absolutely brilliant, and uh, their clients are awesome. Work with Selfridges, Covent Garden, United Business Media, Learning Without Frontiers. The list goes on. I could sit here and talk all day, but I'm going to take you to an awesome conversation with an awesome bunch of guys um, who are very small at the core, and they're going to talk to us about how they work to expand their network and work with trusted specialist people to carry out these fantastic events. And it's really, really special stuff. So you find me sat there having a coffee with Rory and Bud from Designers Block. They're going to tell you all because I'm tripping up my words too much and I'm sounding like a fool. So you two, uh, are you two the founding, founding fathers, founding members? I am. Yeah. Um, Bud started working with us in 2007. Yeah. Um, Piers isn't around at the moment. He's with his, he's with his family who are just back from Italy. Yeah, but um, we set up Designers Block in '98, um, and uh, we originally had a shop in the Truman Brewery, um, and we wanted to do something in September, uh, which was sort of beginning to be the London Design Week, to promote the shop. Um, and the shop was full of amazing design work from um, Scandinavia and the Netherlands, a lot of those emerging designers, um, who we'd seen by going to shows in places like uh, Milan and Cologne and Frankfurt. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but no one was doing anything with that work in, in London uh, or the UK. Um, and it was, we got very inspired by the way people were presenting their work in those places as well, because some of it was in showrooms, but um, a, lot of, a lot of the things that we were seeing were in sort of big buildings or warehouses. Mm. Um, there was a show that a guy called Inga Mara did, who's a really famous, very good German lighting designer. And he did a show in Cologne one year in, in the cavity under one of the bridges that goes over the Rhine. And that was amazing wow. it was just like a tunnel yeah. <coughs> with all these lighting installations in it. So it was, it was really magical. Um, and we thought we'd 
bring this work to London and we set up a shop in the Truman Brewery on Brick Lane, mm. which, which then was kind of a bit of a no-man's land. Um, there wasn't much going on, there was like a couple of bars on Brick Lane, everything else was sort of wholesale and, and, and new restaurants. Um, but there was this place called the Truman Brewery, which was on about eight acres of land, and it was an old beer factory that was um, under development, huge site, and lots of really exciting things happening behind closed doors. It was this incredible yeah. creative hub yeah. um, that no one really knew about because everyone was tucked away in these little offices and studios and stuff. Yeah. But there were fashion designers, there were early web people working there, set builders, sculptors, photographers. Yeah. It, was, it was just amazing. Um, and we set up the first sort of public environment there and opened this big shop with all this amazing work in it. And then we had a, we had a little bridge that went over Brick Lane and we used that for exhibitions um, that we did every month. Mm. And it was coming up to um, coming up to the sort of design week, and we were planning to we were planning to do something in the shop with um, two really good uh, Dutch designers, Hella John Garius and Inika Hans. And we sort of, sort of thought, great, we can do something with them in the shop. It'd be really cool. And we thought, but no one will see the shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and. Sort of whilst we were thinking that, the um, the owner of the Truman Brewery, who's this incredible character called Officer Luth, um, showed us all these empty studios and shop units, retail units, that he'd just got ready to start renting out. And those were all, all around Dre Walk and the Truman Brewery. And he said, you can have these to do something. So suddenly, we accidentally as well, we had the first designer's work event on our hands mm. um, and there were about 40, 50 of these units, so it was quite, quite a lot of space. That's a lot to fill. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so that basically we just got on the phone and the fax to all the people who had work in the shop and said, we're going to do this thing, it's going to be amazing, it's the same time as 100% design, so lots of people are going to come. Yeah. And... Um, <clears throat> It's going to be great, <laughs> and and it was. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, it was uh, it was an amazing launch, and it kind of launched the Truman Brewery in a way as well, because it was one of the first sort of big public things. Okay, and it's up around the map. That happened there. Yeah, about twenty thousand people came along to it, and wow. it, it kind of put Brick Lane and the Truman Brewery it's on a great on, launch. On the map yeah. as a, a destination. <laughs> so, what, what was the journey to that point, Mel? So, you know, when you said um, you liked what you saw overseas, what were you doing at that point? Were you just working? Were you working in design, or? Uh, I was in. I was at college um, down the road, right? At, so at what now is London Met or CAS, I think. Yeah. Back then, it was uh, Guildhall, London Guildhall University, and I was doing a design course. Piers was. Um, uh, Piers had a workshop. Uh, in a place called Tame, which is Oxfordshire, Buckinghamshire. Um, he had a workshop on a farm and he was making furniture, mm. um, very high standard, beautifully yeah. crafted furniture. And he'd been doing that for a couple of years because um, we met on a, a furniture making course that we did in a little college called Rycote Wood that was 
um, that was there, mm. where they had 200, 200 students, and half the students were fine furniture makers, and the other half were agricultural engineers, which was <laughs> great because it was a really, really funny mix yeah. of um, yeah, furniture makers and farmers. Brilliant. It, it yeah. was fantastic. Those relationships are great, aren't they, when you bring together completely op- complete opposites? It's just you get the best little, you know, whether it's a joke or whatever it is, it's just, it's, it just gives new ideas. Yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, well, they didn't mix that much, um, but I got lucky enough to find a place to live with a bunch of, uh, with a couple of the agricultural engineering people. So I got to know a little bit more about what they do, cool. which was, you know, great fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very intense course for a year making handcrafted yeah. furniture. Um, and we kept in touch after that. And uh, Piers started talking about opening a, opening a shop because he'd, he'd worked on a, an exhibition in Germany as well and, um, and, and seen a lot of work there and, and kind of seen the potential of it. And like I say, we got the, we got the first couple of shows that we did on the phone and the fax, mm. there wasn't, I mean, there was internet, but we weren't using it, and it just seems incredible now. Yeah. But it was just at that sort of turning point where the sort of older models of, of how designers worked were developing, mm. and before there'd been a kind of tradition of designers designing for companies, and then get a prototype made and um, a company would pick it up and there'd be a, an agent and a distributor and the designer would get a percentage. And it was, it was, back then it was just that point where designers were starting to change the way they worked and become a lot more independent mm. and a lot more direct. Yeah. Um, but they were able to supply really high quality product. Yeah. Um, and the, and we were seeing that a little bit in the UK, but but much more from Scandinavia mm. and the Netherlands. Yeah. Um, and it was really exciting work. And the people were super interesting. Yeah. And they were almost designing the way they worked, um, which was really interesting to us because we're, we're, I mean, we're super interested in, in staff and furniture and lighting and products and everything, but it's, it's, we're as interested in the people and you know, the way they go about what they do. Because mm. um, it's interesting and it provides opportunities for people. Yeah. Um, different kind of roadmaps for the ways You understand, when you see, you've seen a final product, so always wonderful when it's good, but like when you understand the journey that's led to it, it makes, yeah. it makes so much more sense. Yeah, yeah. And then you can take that on, you, you know, you can take ownership of it yeah. in an individual way. You can yeah. kind of all read something different into that story, which is what's beautiful about yeah. it. yeah. And people developing their own narratives as well, and and marketing themselves yeah. to audiences, and mm. and you know, it's 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 interesting how all that kind of changed and developed mm. quite quickly. It's huge now. Um, the way people branding themselves was really interesting. Yeah. Back then, it still is. Well, I guess it would have had to been very targeted, and because you just didn't have the channels that we have now at our fingertips. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Well, back then it was, um, you know, physically there was Milan and Cologne, and the idea was that um, you'd launch things in Milan very often, 
as concepts and ideas and by the time Cologne came around, Milan was in April and by the time Cologne came around the idea was that things would be in, in production so mm. the Cologne show was kind of more commercial yeah. but that was pretty much all that was going on mm. um, that's where sort of designers went to get themselves out there and meet people yeah. and network and get contacts um, and you know, we wanted to do something like that in London. So in London, there was a hundred percent design, um, which was the the big trade show, and we were seeing a lot of people that didn't necessarily see a trade show as the environment that they wanted to communicate what they what they do from. Um, mm. They might have a little bit further down the line, but yeah, maybe um, too sterile in some senses. Yeah. Uh, I think a little bit that, but also a little bit, uh, you know, more expensive as well. Um, mm -hmm. And also, um, you know, not maybe not quite the right environment for them at that point in time. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, we'd seen people do amazing things in spaces that you can't be certainly back then. You wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to do in a, yeah. a sort of trade show. Um, yeah, people were doing, people were presenting their work in in ways that were as, were as exciting as their work and their personalities and that mm. for us was just totally inspiring. The work of course. Um, yeah. It's and it, it, yeah, yeah. And when we did it in London it was it was very instant. The the reaction to it was you know, super instant. Yeah. From from audiences, from other designers, from the press. Yeah. Um, because a lot of people had, had, had never seen anything yeah. like it and I think it opened the doors for um, a lot of other people, a lot of designers um, to sort of think in other ways about how they could mm. how they could communicate and get themselves out there. Sounds very much that way, I mean London's riddled with interesting spaces and I imagine yeah. back then it was less commercially so, you know, <laughs> was, you know less developments and <coughs> you know the, yeah. the, the uses we see today. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, we used to get, we used to be able to get the most incredible spaces um, mm. for shows. I mean, the Truman Brewery was amazing. We did a show in Bishopsgate Goods Yard, which is where Box Park is now. Yeah. And that was basically a huge series of railway tunnels mm. uh, with, with water coming through them. And stuff. Yeah, that thought quirks. Uh, People pay a lot of money for that, don't <laughs> <laughs> Totally. Yeah. And what's your background, bud? So I, I met you recently, but I don't really know what your your own origins are. Um, well, I, my back, I don't really ever train creative background. I've kind of just done work. Yeah, done worked for in marketing for TV companies, uh, a lot of shops, and I kind of knew the guys socially before I started working with them. Yeah, and weirdly, lots of the experience that I've had before sort of seems to to fit into a little bubble. Mm. Um, yeah. So you are, so you so you what what so you didn't go anything like education wise college or uh, not really no. Kind of, no. I love those stories. I, I, I had Shaughnessy on the show recently, and it turns out he was completely just learnt on the job. Just just felt drawn to graphic design and, and essentially trained himself. I found those stories really inspiring. Well, I, I don't know if, if I'm that inspiring because I've never <laughs> ever had absolutely any idea what I want to do. So, but then I have to say, who just, does? Really? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's um, yeah. But I also always sort of seem to find myself doing little interesting things, and the you know the, the people 
I work with and the people around what we do, there's a lot of amazing people that just do, mm. you know, yeah. very, very interesting things and yeah. have a, the energy that I like, essentially. Yeah, and this is why, I guess, it's why it's essential to collaborate and, and try to sort of try to meet all these new interesting people because the number one way to, involve, you know, to develop, I guess, in the way you think and the way you see things. Yeah. No. So you joined in 2007, 2007. Yeah. and I think because the guys had two, two, two really big shows at once, one down the road at the Nicholson Clark building, which is just 500 metres down past the T building, yeah. and they did a big illustration show over in Holloway at the same time, mm. I helped out on both, and yeah. stuck around. Yeah. <laughs> So how many how many people are what's the core of Designers Block? How many people full time? Three. Three. Yeah. yeah. Me, Pierce and Bud. Yeah. Which begs the question, how the hell do you put on such you know, large events and, <laughs> and, and manage that? <laughs> Is it a case of per people per job bringing in the right people? We've well <coughs> we've had to we've had to kind of learn everything as we've gone along really. Mm almost like make it up <laughs> but we've been lucky we've always had really good people around us um, and we've got a team that we bring together when we do events that we've been working with probably mostly for almost since we started um, and since we started doing more shows and more production for other people and more projects for other people We've kind of gathered more people around us mm. who can take care of a lot of things like lighting and yes. construction and sound. And we've done quite a few music-related events. We've got people who do that. And they do other things. And then when we're doing something, we pull them all in. Um, mm. It's like a, like a lovely gang. But they're yeah. all specialists, and they've all learnt over the years how to do things yeah. and they're all they're all very creative in, mm. in a lot of ways yeah. um, and I think that's something that people enjoy with us because we're always doing something different basically everything we do we always try and um, bring something else to it mm. that we haven't done yeah um, and it's a it's a slightly scary way of working but it's a really good way of working because you learn and you can be more ambitious and, yeah. and we kind of develop what we can do keep things fluid that. but yeah. yeah we've got a lot of good people yeah around us it's essential isn't it I mean, I've, I've done over the last couple of years in particular I've started to do I guess do that you know to start to, to yeah. understand who's, who's reliable in my network who yeah. can do what yeah. very well yeah. And actually, it means I can operate as a, as a studio in some instances without the pressures of salary, you know, paying anyone a salary or yeah, yeah. Um, or you know any any of any of the stuff that comes with I guess a traditional agency model. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's nice yeah. because I'm an illustrator at the core, but as I develop, I start to understand them. You know, I like to dabble in that direction and bring people together. And I've I've been lucky enough to do jobs and campaigns that were, were never going to be under an illustrator's remit, but now. You know, with the way the world works and how easy it is to reach people and keep those people in your network, it's a wonderful yeah. thing and uh, something I intend to do more of. It's brilliant. I think it's a, it's an amazing way of working because it's more flexible, it's more nimble. Yeah. It kind of allows you to do more things as well. Yeah. Um, 
are things you wouldn't expect necessarily because you're getting all these input from some yeah. very talented people yeah. who are excited by the possibilities of, uh, of, of kind of any given project and I mean certainly with us with environments yeah. Um, yeah we've done loads of stuff that we hadn't necessarily expected to do mm. we did a massive event in Milan uh, one year where, where we had a venue um, the venue was a, a big empty swimming pool right in the centre of Milan it had these two huge pools a little baby pool had a bar in it it had all these trees <laughs> and little walks around it and showers and shower cubicles and stuff um, and we had half the exhibitors were camping um, which was great and we camped it was a load of fun um, but we, we had an opening on in the middle of the week and that was that was cool. And then we thought, it's too good an opportunity not to do something on Saturday night. Because there isn't a lot going on on Saturday night in Milan during the design week, curiously. Most of it happens okay. the, uh, back then. Most of it happens on the weekdays. There were loads of openings, sort of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But Saturday, dead as a dodo. And there aren't that many places in Milan where you can get a lot of people together. Mm. There aren't so many big bars or anything. The clubs are out of town. So I thought, let's, let's have Saturday night and <clears throat> basically have a big old social. Yeah. And I was looking at the pools with Leon, um, who uh, does a lot of our sound engineering and lighting. And he was just grinning at this big swimming pool and saying, <laughs> Rory, if we put our speakers in that, it's going to look like it's, gonna, it's just going to make it into an enormous bass bin. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, okay, that's where we'll do it. That's where we'll do this thing. Brilliant. Um, and it turned into the most amazing thing because um, uh, we got a little write up him on the local Italian papers. So. It ended up being, I think... One of the national Italian papers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was the national, wasn't it? It was Republic. Republic. Yeah. Um, so we had 3,000 people on our hands in this thing. Um, we, were, we were running a bar and it was getting busy, so I went behind the bar and opened bottles of wine as fast as I could for an hour flat out. Didn't do anything else, that was it. And I thought, I'd better go and have a look and see what's going on. Um, there were so many people, I was flabbergasted. It was amazing. <laughs> that was um, brilliant. Yeah, it was, they doubled it was, all. The, they double delivered the beer. We we were going to send it back. Weren't yeah, it's lucky we did. We did. Uh, it's a very good evening. We had Reaps playing. Yeah, Reaps. Um, yeah. Reaps, the fantastic beatboxer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you, do you find do you find that these things do often spiral into and begin kind of morph into something else? Or is that something I'm not, I don't know if that sometimes lasts. yeah <laughs> I guess it's if you allow them to yeah um, but sort of in parallel to that you find that you know there's these odd co- collaborations that you find out about six months later that happened in the room you put together mm. yes yeah. yeah one of the really interesting things about bringing people together from they just get on with stuff and do things mm. and yeah they're sort of what you might expect them to do sometimes they're not yeah well it's it's always nice as well when um, when you when you're doing an event or an exhibition if the people that are taking part in that event you know su- suddenly twig that they can actually really take part in it mm. and make a difference to it and they'll maybe 
suggest things that we haven't thought of mm-hmm. that they want to do and it's pretty much always good because they're talented people and um, and if we can if we can do it we'll do it yeah because um, it's interesting uh, but it's it's that little light bulb moment when people are sort of working with us or they're an exhibitor and they realise they can they can really chuck something at it, they can really contribute mm. and and make the event better. Yeah. Um and I think with you know, with with some of the trade shows it's they're not built like that, they're not structured in that kind yeah. of way to to sort of accept that sort of flexibility. But even with some of the shows that aren't trade shows. Yeah, they try and make out they're a bit more than the trade show. They kind of do seem to lock down everything very early and get it done and, mm. and sort of get out the door. And then the event kind of happens as they imagined it six months ago, and nothing varies from that mm. sort of. That level. surprise thing is nice. I yeah, think. yeah, it's, it's stimulating. Well, um, of course, yeah. As long as you've got the, as long as you sort of got a, this, uh, enough of a skeleton to yeah, to, yeah put, it's about framework, to put stuff on it yeah, then yeah. then it's it's but really good when you leave enough for customization and personalization and I suppose yeah. Yeah. people do flourish you know it's, yeah. it's, it, it, I guess in the same way when you if you've got a space I mean the Oxford Tower we, we looked around there the other week but and that was just brilliant. straight away in my mind my imagination is running crazy and on so many different levels from having worked on film sets and then exhibit exhibition spaces and you name it, it's just it's just ideas just just breeding those sort of spaces, don't they? It's an amazing building, yeah. Um, as a as a venue, and it's sort of it's a it's a little gem as well that so, not everyone knows about. But it's, well, it's very just it's just well, it's on one layer behind the South Bank, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. But then it's very anonymous at the same time, yeah, apart from yeah. the obvious thing above. But you're right. I mean, there's so much you can. You yeah. can do with it, and people love it when they come round it because mm. we've used it a few times. I think this is the, the fourth, fourth time. time we've used it over the years, mm. and um, each time it's been different. The building stayed exactly the same, pretty much. A few more holes in it, but, um, yeah. but every time we've done everything, anything there, um, the exhibitors love it because it's an interesting space to be in, and they can, you know, they can do things with their spaces in that mm. building. Um, and it gives it gives it another layer to how they're working and what they're presenting, and and, and visitors love it. If if people haven't been there before oh, and God. they just see it, so it's such a yeah, it's quite an amazing building. I remember it took us a couple of couple of days to get our heads around it. I got lost in um, the year a little bit. I went to the, <laughs> I went to the Arts Threads event at there, and they did. It's just great. It's such an amazing range of work, but like you say, when you put it in a space like that, it's, it's just as interesting to walk around the corridors and yeah. try and work yeah, out yeah. what the hell the place is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or could be. Yeah, the history's <laughs> fantastic. Do you find? Do you find? I mean, what's that? Eighteen years you've been running. Do you find more challenges now in respect of red tape and health and safety? Do you do you have to work harder to to get official nods for for spaces? Um, we have to work harder to get spaces because um, I think when we started there wasn't really there, there wasn't really so much of a culture of that in London certainly not in certainly not in design mm-hmm. a little bit more in art I guess um, but there wasn't a lot of empty space um, sorry there was a lot of empty space more mm-hmm. more so more so than there is now um, 
but now it's was, really industrialised as well. The market yeah. for what are basically dirty old warehouses. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's got. I mean, it potentially, it's got a lot more expensive. Yeah. To do the kind of thing, things that we were doing. Mm. I mean, we used to get buildings for free. We used to get buildings for a little bit of money. Yeah. Um, but last last year we were really struggling to find a venue to the point where we thought we wouldn't be able to do anything. Right. Because we were looking at spaces we'd used in the past and um, not paid very much for, and suddenly they were coming in at sort of 30 grand or something, which was... And a lot of that's because a layer of estate that. agencies come into the mix. Yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, sort, it's sort well. of this, but yeah, there is, yeah, yeah. There is a really vibrant culture in London now of, mm. of stuff happening in, in temporary spaces and, yeah. it, and it can be spectacular yeah. sometimes because there are some amazing spaces yeah. but yeah it's got more difficult for yeah. sure um, I remember reading in, I read the book Lucky Cunst about the YBA movement and mm. said that in the recession with, that, with Thatcher when those guys were graduating you know, from yeah that, that it was there were a lot of places that were just there just not doing anything and it was very easy yeah. to attend and like you said for free or for yeah. very little you know yeah. Um, yeah. you know I kind of wish that was the case now from my point of view it's just as a <laughs> you know just as a solo artist it's kind of cool but yeah you know yeah, yeah. I guess now it's now it's more important I guess to work with guys like yourself who you know not, and, and pull that network together with, yeah. with, to make it happen what space do you work in? I'm currently over at it's now called Thameside Studio, well second floor studio of the arts, and it's by the Thames Barrier. So oh, on, the, about, on the south side. Yeah, yeah, it's about four. I think there's 450 people there, or creatives, which is great. But then at the same time, you know, people are getting pushed further and further out from central yeah. London um, for the reasons we talked about, estate agents and redevelopments and whatever else. It's yeah. happening more and more. So I am looking at doing a show on that and trying to talk to people about why it's happening and mm. can it be arrested, you know. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see, but but then at the same time there is something to be said about it does push people to think more laterally to get around that, like, and that will always be, you know, we'll always have challenges no yeah. matter what's going on, and yeah. I guess you know one of the key skills in this industry to to thrive mm. is to problem solve. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think with some of those space things, it's. Um, yeah, I think especially in other parts of of, um, of the UK, you find people having the relationships with councils and the property developers mm. to be able to get spaces uh, in in windows where where they're sort of transitional, they're just about to become something else in maybe six months or a year. But yeah. you know that I'm sh- that happens quite a bit in Manchester. I think it happens quite a lot up north. Um, yes, it does. I've seen that a lot. It, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So London Design Festival is coming up. Is that a regular? Is that a regular thing for you guys? It is a regular thing for us. It's um, it's something that's been part of our calendar for nineteen years now. Wow. Would you believe? Yeah, wow. it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's and you're doing. Is it is it the four days over the? Weekend, it's with, I'm doing the talk on the 18th, so it's the 15th to the 18th. We're actually doing well. We're 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 doing it in two halves. We're doing the 15th to the 18th of September, and then we're doing the 21st to the 25th okay. of September. And the first week is um, an event called Creative Matters, 
which is um, a whole series of workshops and talks and seminars and events and exhibition mm. as well. Um, and we, we've got a, full, a program of full days, um, different things happening each day. Really interesting people yeah. coming along. Um, and it's going to be good, I think. Yeah. And that's a that's a new thing for us. We've been um, we've done things like that before, but we've never we've we've never sort of made it a massive focus of what we do. We've done things like that for other people as well. Mm. But yeah, it seemed like the right time to to do something yeah. like that um, this year, and we found. We've had a huge response to it from people that we've approached to get involved. Um, and it's going to be a really nice, useful thing. I think we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff that often doesn't get talked about, but mm. is, is really useful for that audience of um, creatives and, and designers and yeah. people who want to come into the industry, people who've just started. Yeah. Um, it's we've designed it to be useful for, mm. for those kind of people. Yeah, it's been interesting finding out the things people do and don't want to talk about, apart to do with their practice and their life as well. Yeah, because um, it's really interesting that you know, obviously many of the people follow the same follow pattern that you you're in. You know, with essentially a small agency or a solo thing, and you know they've got lifestyle issues and financial issues and mm. some of those you know it's like you say to someone do you want to be <clears throat> are you do you present yourself as a designer in the penthouse or you know <laughs> or, or in the squat you know it's yeah. kind of, and a lot of those things are actually very connected to each other in some ways because you might be di- designing things for a penthouse while living in a squat I was going to say know, that's it's kind much, of like yeah. it's um, <laughs> and, and, and presentation as you know is kind of key <coughs> the way <coughs> get clients and the way that you kind of <clears throat> carve your career path mm. and it's been interesting talking to some particularly to some of the women like because obviously women have different <clears throat> career points in their career different stopping points and and what people do want to present and don't want to present about how they manage to work uh, one, of, one of the one of the people I said to, she's got two, two, two under fives and she basically said and I said to her, what, what do you want to get out of, sort of doing this? He said, well, I just want people to know I'm alive. Because once you've got two toddlers, people don't phone you anymore because you, you used to go to events all the time, you were talking to people on the phone, and, mm. and people just forget. I'm still a consultant, I do this and that, and still working, but people just, they've forgotten I'm there. Yeah. And, you know, and then there's other similar parallel things that other women go through. And yeah. Particularly in tech, which is, and there's different issues to that than there would be someone who's working in a more traditional female creative role. Yeah. As it were. And it's been interesting sort of just sitting down and talking to people and just finding out, you know, a bit deeper into their practice than you'd normally dig just when you're yeah. learning about their work. And I mean I find that's the part of it I find most interesting. I'm you know, my my wife's um in the same boat because she's a solo creative essentially that sometimes presents she's an agency. Because mm. it is it's um, you, isn't it? You you are the face, you are the front line and then like yeah. so you have to make that decision. You know, I found myself. I found that maybe a couple of years ago, and we talked about it briefly. But I, I'd started to blog out of frustration. Um, you know, a few years in, six week 
no work, got frustrated, ranted on a blog essentially. But people connected with it, I didn't expect that. It was very it was very much an event. I didn't expect anyone to really see it, apart from a few friends. Um, and it's long story short, it spiralled into a book. And at that point, it was like, right, I'm now on the precipice of this decision. I can't go back from this. I had to become the face and, and, and be completely honest and open, and then that becomes my thing. Or I, I go with the, you know, the mistake and, and try and not and let the work be the talking. But mm. I've got a balance in there, but it was, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, yeah. I like it. I, yeah. I, 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 the reason, one of the main reasons I was attracted to being in the creative industries at all was from growing up and hearing these. You know, sort of stories like you just told about the swimming pool and things like that. <laughs> you know, I want all of that, and it's yeah. like, and I love to be in a position where uh, someone will read that or listen to that. is a, an honour to me, and it's but, yeah. it's but it's also very fun to. Yeah, I find myself going the extra distance just to get the, the crap anecdote now. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. I shouldn't stay out two more hours, but then there's there's a, maybe there's a story if I do. You know, it's yeah. like, and actually, you know, it's been a very weird way of indirectly marketing my work. Yeah. Because that's what's essentially at the centre of it all. Yeah, I guess you didn't expect that when you started either, did you? No, it wasn't for that yeah. reason at all. It's just all <laughs> I guess in a way, you guys have evolved. It's all, it's been, been a lot of happy accidents, but just responding at the right yeah. time as well. Yeah, sure. Seeing the opportunities and actually going, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's sort of an interesting thing where it's kind of good for people to have another reason to like you, mm-hmm. rather than the work itself. Yes. Because there's a lot of work out there. And whether, whatever discipline you are, you know, whether you, the additional thing you do is teaching or having a face or a viewpoint, mm. whatever it is, you need that additional reason, I think, now. Because I agree. Because to help you be fully formed. Yeah. Otherwise, you're a bit anonymous. Yeah. <coughs> because, you know, your style is your style. If it becomes fashionable, there'll be a few people doing similar styles. And, you know, yes. you, you kind of, you know, and it's on one level, your work's commercial art and you'll be hot for six months, cold for another, and, you know. Mm-hmm. But having the additional things that you do, yeah, um, and uh, just it just makes a difference. I think. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Just, I mean, one of the things I'll be talking about for you guys is about maybe like getting my dream client, which was WWE wrestling, and it's um, the reason I, I struck up a dialogue with the creative director in the first place. It was those reference points. It turned out he wasn't from New York, which I expected he would be living there in Bolton. <laughs> uh, straight away, we've got the North. It turns out he's a football fan. We've both got crap football teams, Bolton and Leeds. Before you know it, texts uh, on weekends about the results are going back and forth, and it's it just, I think, um, although I've, you know, I think the work was good, and, and obviously he commissioned it, so he must have thought it was too. It was that that just, just maybe just put me outside of that bracket of everyone else. Yeah. You know, it was suddenly a Northern English football fan. Oh, what's this guy up to? You know, and it's just like <laughs> there is a lot of that. You know, so do you agency fee as well? Yeah. Well, it's just, yeah, it's just, I think you do, you're swamped with competition now and everyone's aware of it because of social media, so, yeah. like you say, people have to know a little bit more about that, you know, something, just something. Like I said, there are ways to do that, you know, but look at people who do use the mistake, the bounces in the world, maybe not the best example, but again, it's, no one knows who he is, but they know what he stands for, in a sense. You know. Well, I mean, we've got a few designers in this show who kind of, essentially design their own persona and career you know, some of them just don't do what other people do they've just got their own invented career paths mm. yeah um, you know someone like Elena Cochero who does this YouTube channel about getting girls into science based around ponies and what 11 year old 14 year old girls are into wow and, but like she's a researcher at MIT yeah and has all this tech background but you know the persona is something that she developed I guess out of necessity, necessity but also there's kind of fun and 
mm. engaging and kind of she's got a, a very much a, a remit that she's given herself to put to get girl, girls into tech yeah um, but not tech in the way that everyone wants tech to be seen which is essentially the male version of tech yeah for, for women you know it's, it's since that's you know, amazing that's a, real, that's a real niche but really really interesting yeah it's great <laughs> but it's sort of it's weirdly not it is niche but it's not niche because yeah in 20 30 years time no one knows what what jobs they'll be doing but they know the, the big data and AI are going to be important and then that, yeah. that you know and that there's going to be people that learn stuff now that are going to be doing that stuff so yeah you know it's quite what it is yeah you know I think you can see the silhouette of what it is you can't see the shape but you can kind of uh, that's probably a pretty sensible thing yeah for people to get into well, God, yeah, it's just yeah, more and more important than ever, without doubt. <laughs> are we? Uh, are we allowed to talk about the water project? I'll leave it at that in case we're not. <laughs> are we allowed to talk about the water project? I think so. <coughs> I mean, I think yeah. we could be pretty straight about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. Like yeah. all painted oceans, and quite obviously to you guys, but <laughs> in development, it yeah. is in development, and it's yeah. a complicated thing. And it's, it's, I mean, it's really, it's about getting the the permissions in place and doing the. Doing the thing properly because mm. you can't just—it's not the sixties anymore—and you can't go out and start a power radio station. Yeah, um, but that's essentially the job. Yeah, um, but the permissions need to be in place with the Port of London Authority, the Maritime the MMO, the Maritime. Yeah, so for people who are not aware of it, could just give a little, a little uh, brief summary. Well, it's a project um, instigated by a guy called Tristan Eaton, who's a basically world-class mural artist and does murals on a pretty big scale globally you know walls of hospitals on, and sides of factories and mm. things we need cranes and scaffolding and, and a st- substantial amount of um, spray cans yeah. to get something done on quite a scale and his dream is, is to do one of the uh, what they call the Monsal Sea Forts they're out in the Thames Estuary um, and they were built just to, to, in the middle of the Second World War, essentially to, to blast the Luftwaffe out in the sky. Um, they were probably put up a little bit too late because the Battle of Britain had finished by the time they were done and they took out a few V1, V1s, but essentially that they, by the time ICBMs came in, they were kind of not, not fit for purpose. Mm. So they're just rotting hulks in the sea made of concrete and... And and steel, and sort of beautiful and sort of weird. Yeah. So the idea is to send out artists. Yeah, to, to, um, to and Tristan wants to send essentially five world class mural artists, graffiti artists, if you want to say. But you know, I think they class themselves as mural artists uh, who celebrate and dis- and decorate the world. Mm. Um, I, for the sake of this project, it's not particularly sensible to call them graffiti artist because that's not really what it's about no um, and Shepherd Ferry is one of them and Shepherd Ferry did the Obama Hope poster but he was also Tristan's mentor when he graduated from RISD mm. and Futura 2000 is one of them who if you know is one of the original mid 70s graph artists from New York mm. the classic train sidings you'll remember yeah. from, from early hip hop videos uh, couple of guys called Howard Nozem who are German uh, uh, which is interesting and he wanted to bring some Germans into the project because of the historical links with Germany 
that the Fords have. Yeah. And it's interesting that, you know, there's a much more gentle relationship with the Germans yeah. in this yeah. iteration of using the, uh, the Fords and a team of uh, two guys called the London Police. And, you know, that, and basically the where we are with it, we're, we're investigating the the pragmatic solution of actually how to do it. Um, <laughs> there's been lots of, <coughs> there's lots of ways you can do it. Because the easy, the, in fact, the easiest way to do it is get loads and loads of money and do the James Bond type film solution. Get like, you know, you can, you can do it if you've got money. Yeah. There's not an infinite amount of money for the project. There's some money for the project. Yeah. Which, the project is really the film of the project as well. Which a guy called Pascal, whose surname I don't remember, is directing and he's done a few things before and, the the film was a product like anything else so the product is to document the thing happening there's a budget for that separate from the budget of the project mm. and, um, it's fantastic it's so ambitious so, um, yeah but it's also they do these guys do go up big structures and paint them yeah um, this is out at sea it's more complicated yeah. but it's not out any of their real no M- madly out of their comfort zone. I guess zone, I'm thinking know. more of it. I think I, I find it more attractive because of the historical significance yeah. and then the turn of and the way it's now. Like you said, the whole the shift in the use of these things. I think it's wonderful. It's a great story. Yeah, and part of the idea is it, 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 there's nothing going to be anything sexual or insulting or yeah. you know demeaning the veterans. That's going to go on. It's going to be celebratory yeah. of you know the human achievement of putting them there. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, and weirdly, you know, they, they were. The, the guy Guy Montal who, who designed them he spent from the mid 30s until they happened pestering the government that they needed to be there mm. so now and you know he's an architect and a designer saying you're going to need these things and it's quite interesting that he had the foresight to do it and if they'd been in earlier yeah they would have been more useful yeah probably a good thing for you guys it wasn't a case well I, I, you know <laughs> it's, it's quite interesting there's a you know listening to the people that have the vision to see something, yes, you know, quite technical and quite, but quite practical. So it's interesting, I think. Mm, really impressive. There's so many layers to it. Yeah, well. yeah. I have to send you. We've got loads of the original scans, loads of the original drawings. Wow. Which is just beautiful. Like all in feet and inches and stuff. And wow. Right. Yeah. Love to see those. Great. <laughs> hey, am I right in thinking there's a website for the project? Yeah. Yeah. Where, where can people see that? That is uh, paintedoceans.com. Brilliant. Yeah, it, there's loads yeah. of info on there. Yeah, about the, the guys that are doing it. And, Fantastic. But you, we need to hook you up with Tristan next time he's over. Yeah, he might one. well be coming up to, to do something with us in September, which is all a bit. He's in like all over Europe the week before, so yeah, if we can get him to do something with us. We will, and I'll brilliant. Hook you up then. Yeah, yeah no, it's, no, it, it'll, it'll be down. an interesting conversation. Definitely, certainly will. Yeah, be great. Be really good to you. So the, the last thing I always ask my guests uh, is shark in the tank section and because there's two of you I'm going to ask you to name a, each a love and a hate so well, you choose one each basically and it's something within the creative realm but it's a totally open-ended question it can be as fun or as silly or as serious as you want <coughs> <laughs> Something we like and hate Yeah, just choose one each I, I, always oh. admit, I usually ask them if it's one person I usually ask them to name one of each but What did Adrian Shaughnessy say? Adrian <laughs> Shaughnessy said um, for the, I'm struggling to remember his love his hate was corporation, massive corporations fucking everything up for everyone else <laughs> basically he was really quite angry about you know, 
about that. Um, what's his love? I've forgotten. I can't remember. That's really bad. <clears throat> Might come back to me. <laughs> well, I, I, I love YouTube instructional videos, and I like the idea that, it, that there's some 14 year old boy in, or 11 year old boy in California that can teach us to do everything. Oh, God. Regardless Why do you think I'm sat here doing this? <laughs> Garage bands, I don't know where to start with them. Like, again, yeah, so I always, why is it always young teenage American lads? <laughs> it's incredible. Oh, I've got a nine year old. I've got a nine year old. He knows about. Oh, he's a. Oh. Yeah. Did you hear the podcast I did with a 10 year old lad? No, I, 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 I am. It's worth listening to when you get yeah. along. It's just fantastic. It's just, it's, I mean, ahead of his years, but also so sweet. It's just, it's brilliant. Like, reference points are so different. Yeah. You know, he's talking about how he's just discovered you can't get a tonal range of felt tips. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> At the same time, he's you know he's going direct to parents in the playground to collect late fees. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Cool. So I guess that leaves a negative to you, right? Oh, I can't think of a negative. <laughs> oh, I, I thought we had to. Do, oh, I, I can do a love. I can do a love one. I'll do a love one anyway. Cause yeah, go on. We'll keep it all love. It's not. A, it's not a bad story. Um, I love it when creativity connects with people that you don't necessarily think it is going to, or, or they don't necessarily think it is going to, maybe. Um, uh, Bud was talking about the Illustrator earlier, and it's one, that, it's one of the nicest things we've done, I think, because it was, it was kind of unexpected. It was a job for a property developer for us. Um, they were working with a consultant who, um, who'd been to some of our shows. And we had a meeting with them, and we were like, well, have you got a brief for what you want us to do in this huge development in Holloway? And he's going, no, we just want that buzz that you had. <laughs> that show. I'm like, okay. So we went away, got our heads together, and came up with this idea of doing an illustration festival, because the venue was um, big housing development, Lo- loads of apartments, which mm. were all full. They'd all been rented out or sold. Um, but all the way underneath or around them were these big double height units um, which were earmarked for shops and stuff um, with plate glass windows that were beautiful and we'd always had illustrators in the shows we knew some of the illustration agencies so we pulled all those people together and we were taking people around these spaces going well that's yours do what you want with it just don't break it so they could paint on the walls, they could paint on the windows, they could do sculptures in there, they could do all sorts in there. Um, and it happened during the London Design Festival, just off the Holloway Road, across the road from the Emirates Stadium, where the Arsenal play. And it's one of those areas that's a bit of a no-man's land in London. Um, it certainly was then. This was 2008, was Seven. it? Seven, yeah, of course it was. Um, 2007, because it, it's kind of between Camden and... Highgate and Islington and Hampstead and it's a, it's a big main road basically mm. and it's very dense, there's a lot of social housing around there um, but it's not one of those areas where design shows happen it's just not so we were in the situation where we had all these artists basically doing a huge kind of public open air but inside sometimes art gallery that kind of developed over a period of about two weeks into this, into this show, and I was getting emails from kids who were watching it from their balconies, like thirteen-year-olds, just going, "How can I get involved? I've seen this thing going on." Because for that, they didn't know; those people around there didn't know it was going to happen. It was just something that mm. started happening. 
And these kids were coming down and they were getting really interested. They were talking to the artists and a lot of the artists weren't so far away from those kids as well, <laughs> a couple of years maybe. Um, and that was really interesting. And um, one of the things that we did was we um, got together with uh, a group called Monorex who were doing this project called Secret Walls, which is a big old drawing competition where you have big sheets on the walls yeah. and you have your illustrators drawing at the same time. Um, and at the end of it, there's a vote which is made by loudness, like a clapometer sort of thing. Very important, only black and white. Only it's, black and white. Yeah. Really nice thing. They used to do it over a period of weeks in, in bars around here, and we, we said, well, can we do it over two weekends? Mm. And they were super up for it. Um, so we had the first thing on the Saturday night, which was, I mean, you know, there's a bar there's a certain amount of noise and jollity, it's a big party, there's DJs playing, it's quite loud. And then when it comes to the voting, it's very loud. So we did this first Saturday one, went really well. And we're getting ready for the next Saturday one, bearing in mind this place is hugely residential. And someone came up to us and said, um, have you heard about the petition that the residents have got together? And we were thinking, oh, bollocks. This was just before the, the next thing on Saturday night, and they were like, no, 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 don't worry about it. They've got a petition <coughs> together because they like what you're doing so much that they want the space to be made into a permanent art centre. Oh, wow. Um, that was pretty cool. That's brilliant. I love that. I'm a huge advocate of that, just the importance of you know everyone having the opportunity to, to see what creativity can do yeah. and the belonging, but yeah, the, yeah. all the extremes of belonging within that. And I think it's a crying shame when young people don't get that. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's surprising, and and I think when people f find that they've got a road into it, or they can have a dialogue with the people that are doing it, and yeah. and those people are happy to talk with them. Yeah, because this this sort of creative culture that that's happening, people are very generous. Yeah, um, they're generous with and their ideas. They're generous, generous in the way that they communicate. Yeah. It's not a closed off thing. It's really it's yeah. it's really good. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And when you think about how there's less of that going on in um, standard education at the moment, yeah, it's got to be more of it, really. Well, there are. Um, it blows my mind that it's not a really obvious thing. Yeah, it's crazy to ramp up. Um, you know, it's crazy because it's the future. Um, of course, I mean we we're old. I'm 52. Um, our generation well. has our generation's messed it up for the next generation and probably the next generation to come and the only way things are going to improve is is people thinking and doing things creatively mm. that a lot of other people wouldn't think about yeah um, completely got a huge the creative industry's got a huge role to play i think in yeah, yeah. social issues moving forward yeah it's social it's political and it's practical it's pragmatic mm. um one of the things we're doing, one of the other things we're doing this year in London actually, is um, we're putting together an exhibition within our exhibition um, called Under Development, and it's it's uh, <coughs> it's going to be a very live exhibition that's based around the United Nations 17 Sustainable Development Goals. Okay. Um, so we've been talking to. A, talking to a woman called Afsane who used to do all the communications for the, for the UN 
and she's doing something else now. She's started her own initiative, which is called Bridge Builders. And the idea of that is to find partners for all of the all of the sustainability goals. Yeah. And that got us thinking because we've seen work coming out of the colleges and work that people are doing that fits into those goals. And we want to draw attention to the goals because they're good. Yeah. Um, but we also want to draw attention to the way people are working in and around those those areas because there's a lot of people doing it. Mm. It's this massive resource of very, very clever, very dedicated, creative people doing all this research yeah. and coming out with possibilities and solutions and, you know, the most incredible things. Yeah. Um, ways of sort of answering those yeah. problems. But we're just playing, aren't we? That's what we're, that's what, <laughs> that's what the clowns in charge seem to think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, they're not, yeah. you know. They're, of course they're, they're not. They're of going course to college they're not. smart and smart. Because everything's meshing with the digital and te- technology now. Everything's yeah. crossing over. You know, yeah. scientists yeah. are talking to artists. Artists yeah. talking to business people. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to go there again it's because it's I'm always amazing. banging on about this on this show. But uh, well, <laughs> a big bugbear of mine. You're going to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to keep. Going. Oh dear. But uh, yeah. So. So should we have that as the hate then, the people that don't get it? But yeah, I was just going to say that yeah, obviously the obvious flip side people of that is the, the fact that the people don't, yeah, aren't given access to that. Yeah. But the beautiful <clears> thing, I think, yeah, yeah, it's sad, but you know, working at it. Well, it's out there. I think it's only going to get more out there, to be honest. Yeah, um, which is good. Yeah, you can't keep it bottled up. No, that's the thing. It's, no. it's, you know, it's hard not to see it these days now with all the resources we've got. Yeah, well, well, it's interesting well, and it's exciting. And, it really is. Uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic initiative, actually. Really good. It's another one I'm a bit excited to see when that comes together. Well, I think that's pretty much it. Well, cheers for your time, guys. Cool. Yeah, Thank you. Look forward to LDF. Pleasure. So, as the guys said there, um, you can go check out that awesome project, PaintedOceansMovie.com. Going to be brilliant. I really want to feature them on this show. And Designers Block have uh, told me that they were, you know, we'll, we'll do our best to get you access to that. To talk to Shepard Ferry and Tristan Eaton and all the guys involved. Um, it's it's incredible. It's really really awesome stuff. And it just goes to show now that with technology, with drones, with all the things we have access to, we can really think big and do these inspiring, kind of crazy, large scale projects. So come down to their events. At London Design Festival, they're on over four days. Um, I'm on the fourth day on September the 18th on Sunday at 1pm at the Oxo Tower on the South Bank in London. So come down and hear me talk about why we need to play and experiment and keep evolving as creatives. But they're wonderful people, so go and check them out at verydesignersblock.com. And I feel honoured to spend that time with them. So go and have a look at what they're doing. Thanks again to last week's guests guest misled uh go and check out her episode first episode is episode four second episode is episode 37 so go and listen to both of them and you will learn a lot i guarantee you that and check out what she's up to go and check out her video tutorials misled.co.uk there's a full trailer up there uh and they're soon going to be launching so you'd be a fool not to do it if you're interested in that part of the industry so thanks again to the sponsors illustrationweb.com printed.com heartinternet.co.uk for everything web pixel print ink and whatever else they're doing (laughs) really cool stuff really good supporters of the industry and thanks as ever to that thanks to Rob Alderson 
and wetransfer.com for the big boost for the show, now taking us near the 25,000 listens mark. It's getting bigger all the time. Let me know your ideas. Still not enough people getting in touch and telling me who they want to hear from. I appreciate all my guests' input. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. Get us your feedback. Hit us up on the Twitter, at ArrestAllMinix uh, and at Ben Tallon. Yeah. Thanks again, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Check out Designer's Block. Cheers for tuning in. Yeah.